Welcome back to Kafaro Cast, everyone. This is Frank across the table from the man Aaron Snyder, and we have a very, very special guest, the uh, <laughs> Go ahead. That was what's that song called? The Neighborhood Sniper. The Neighborhood Sniper. Easy. John Lee Swagger, <laughs> aka John Wick Pinch. What's up, John? <laughs> John Wick. Oh, look at that. Uh, good intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what are you saying up, is you're a, you a bad actor, but no. <laughs> oh shit! You're like the songbird of our generation, but with guns. Yeah. There you go. No, I like the guns. I like guns like Aaron, like Trad Trad I know. I can't, even John said I'm talking about the stick bow too much. So f you. We did a bunch of podcasts this last few days with no stick bow talk. <laughs> Give people a, a little a little break. So now everyone's like, I love Aaron and. But a lot of guys I know are gun guys or compound guys. They're like, I just want to hear a little bit more about a compound or something, just for a minute. <laughs> we did. It was funny. Well, you and then we had Bomar on. I had Barklow on talking about layering systems. Yep. We got a tuning right on. one coming up, and then we're going to do some video setting up Frank's bows and a bunch of other stuff. I can't. Oh, I did one with Matrix Targets uh, with that guy. And, yeah. yeah. You know, normal stuff. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's good. I think when you got, um, like, obviously you're super passionate about it, so you got to talk about what you're into. Like, don't be fake. So when, you, like, it's been a big change for you, and you've spent a ridiculous amount of time on it, so it's only natural to talk about it a whole bunch. So I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's good to talk about, but, um, It's kind of yeah, alcoholism. Know. You got to talk about it. That's the first step. <laughs> yeah, I'm Aaron. I have a problem. Exactly. Uh, well, anyway. hey, hey, before we get going, let tell everybody you just started a podcast. So let, mm-hmm. let everybody know what's going on with that. Yeah, we're just uh, uh, so I do a lot of precision rifle competitions and um, and then hunting in the fall and stuff. But uh, a friend, uh, Jake Vibbert, and myself, Jake's a super high level competitor. Uh, we travel around quite a bit. Tomorrow morning, we're heading out to Tennessee for a shoot, and we do a lot of that traveling. And so him and I, um, are just starting a podcast called VP Precision. So Vibbert and Pinch, that's what the VP stands for, not Vice President. And um, You're not like Joe so, Biden yeah, and Creepy, touching people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah <laughs> exactly. So uh, we're doing, um, yeah, starting that off. We just got, we've got two, three episodes up just that we recorded a while ago, just kind of figuring out all the tech stuff. And I'm not, it's not my strong suit, but my wife's helped me a ton with like, and then Avery's helped a lot with giving her feedback for getting a website and, and the podcast hosting up. But we just got a few episodes up and got a lot more coming. So just going to obviously talk a lot about competition, like kind of like the Tradbo thing. That's what you're doing. So you talk about it. So we do a lot of competition. So we'll be talking about it. And I think there's some crossover with, you know, a lot of it's a different game than hunting caliber wise, but a lot of the same principles. Um, overlap as far as low development and consistency and wind reading and all that kind of stuff. So we'll talk a lot about that, talk about what we learned in competitions. We'll talk about hunting stuff more as the season comes around, some of the stuff we're working on, guns we're building and products. And I don't know, we're going to see where it goes. Just, um, you know, we get questions and stuff, just like you, not, not, not to the scale of you, but we get a lot of questions and it'd be nice to delve a little deeper into responses versus like a, a short text or phone call where we could 
get together with a couple guys different opinions and and talk through stuff so i think um, you should definitely do the instagram ask me a question and go through that hell for a day i i went ahead and did it yesterday i think you should do it today i saw that that was i was i actually was i was well i I was not driving but maybe i was and i was i was was catching up on my uh, stoplight or something anyway i saw you on there and i was like man that's pretty sweet you went through a lot of uh how many, a lot of content hammered out pretty quick. So, how many questions did you hammer? I uh, I was hammering all day. I don't say a few hundred. I did. I only answered. About <laughs> I started half. watching them and I was like, "Good God, man! I don't know how you. I don't know how you did it." There was like yeah. at least a hundred. I didn't even get to all of them. Yeah, I um, figured you couldn't. But uh, how'd you do the how'd you do the edit thing with the the questions on the screen? Were you just typing them on the screen or like? You can, the question would be on the screen, then you'd answer it. It was going pretty quick. It does it for you. So you just go and you, you can see all the questions and scroll through them and pick. Like, if they're dumb questions, I oh, won't. Whoa. When I say dumb, if it's about Frank Hump yeah. and Cougars, right, I generally don't answer that. <laughs> yeah. You know, some guys, will, there's a lot generally. of ones like generally, I probably skipped 10 to 15 Gritty Bowman questions. There was a couple hammering okay. questions. Um, okay. You know, and, and some of okay. them are in yeah. good fun, like... I could answer yeah. them and most of the people would laugh, but some guys might, yeah. you know, you got to have a sense of humor, right? Yeah. And I've noticed some people sure. don't. Um, as you noticed, there was not one gun question out of all yeah. probably 400. So that's what John's for. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need, to do, I need to do that. We're, I'm working some ridiculous hours trying to leave in the morning for uh, – for uh you know for tennessee but i was like man that would be that would be sweet We're definitely gonna do that so when you when you do that you just say you're gonna you're gonna do it and then it's i'll tell you how to do it man later but yeah, yeah you when we'll you post okay. a that was cool thing and it does it all for you like you literally it makes it super simple wow, um i believe cool. we, we talked about i may get on john's podcast on what not to do because i have been nicknamed the long-range <laughs> miss machine not with the bow, but with, with if it can go wrong with a gun, I'll make sure. It, it, but if I just grab a gun and shoot something, I'm generally okay with yeah. you know within range within it's when reasonable you start range. Turrets, stuff, stuff gets weird. Oh, it's like spinning a Ouija board, right? It's like not nothing good comes out of it. <laughs> That's a good example. So I was uh, I was funny. at John's, and he's like, okay. Now, keep in mind, Frank, how much I give shit about guys punching the trigger with a compound. So imagine that in reverse with John standing outside watching me. And he's like, hey, you're flicking your finger off the trigger. Hold it down. So no matter – I might have faked it once correct, but I don't think I ever did it right. So no matter how much I squeezed, my finger looked like this. (laughs) It just popped off every time. And then the little fucker's trying to film it. I don't know. Did you get a good (laughs) – no, I didn't. I can't remember what happened. Oh, I think it was. Uh, I think you closed the bowl on empty chamber, and then so I turned the I turned the camera on, and it and it dry fired. Or, I can't remember what happened, but I didn't get it. But no, it was hilarious because I was. I don't know. I mean, I've watched you shoot bows, pretty impressive. And then and and you were still hitting targets. It's not like you were shooting bad. It was just I was like, man, have some trigger control here. And mm. he's like, I can't, I can't. Like I'm, everything in my mind is working on 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 pinning the trigger back on the brake. And he's like, I just, it's not doing it. So, like I literally so like mentally control and telling myself squeeze and hold squeeze. And then it would just fly off. And I, for me, I'm like this motherfucker, I can do it. And then I do it again. I do it totally it wrong again. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> um, you gotta get that iron mind, bro. 
I know. I should have called Joel. You know, he should have been pouring water <laughs> on my head, maybe pissing on my leg, something. <laughs> Stay focused. <laughs> That's what I do with Frank oh, for mental control. Yeah. He's he's so homophobic. He whispers in my ear. I pull my pants down. It's super awkward. <laughs> I'm like, are you still executing a good shot? <laughs> like my twig and berries are hanging out. I'm like, did you squeeze the trigger while my junk was out? It's all in the hips. <laughs> I'm just using the tension. Baby. That's like a fire secret, huh? Yeah, yeah, something like that. See, no one knows, but I went to see Joel, and that's why I don't talk about it, because that's what he did, and it's been awkward ever since. <laughs> he pulled out his junk to see if I could focus, and I, I lost it. You lost it. You're like, hey, we're not friends anymore. I'm leaving. You made me feel. You made me feel weird. I think I went back in the day uh, when you had to go to like those classes for, you know, sexual harassment. They call it if you get the icky feeling. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they held a doll up to ask you where where Joe hurt you. Exactly. I do that all the time. Where the internet hurt you? Show me. I I need to see. I, I part of me wants to. I've talked to him a little bit. I do kind of want to. See what he's. Uh, I wouldn't mind hearing the spiel sometimes. So he, I think he lives. Isn't he around here, Oregon or Washington or something? Yeah, I think he's in uh, Washington. Actually, I think. Oh, okay. I still kicks around, kick around the idea. Every once in a while, I'll get, I'll get pretty punchy on the trigger. Like some of the guys that shoot with me, they're like, every once in a while, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I don't know that Joel would fix anything, but I wouldn't mind hearing his hearing his talk and see. I've had, I've heard good and bad, and I you know I don't know. I don't. I figure that more information can't hurt necessarily, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a miracle worker for some guys. Um, I think yeah. you know when guys ask about competition, you know whether or or hunting, but compound or or stick bow, either one. I'm like you know if you're just getting started out work on mechanics first and then the brain thing second. But if you've been shooting forever, the mechanics thing might come second and healing your brain issues might come first. It's kind of in reverse. Totally agree. Um, yeah. Cause it's hard to get rid totally of target agree. panic. It's, it's, it's a, it's the devil. We actually you had it a long time ago, right? I, I did. Um, I don't think I'll ever get it again. Cause once I, I got it, I know, you know, kind of how to get my head wrapped around it. But, what we actually, well, Ben and I have seen an animal shot on accident because of target panic, uh, which should tell you how bad target panic can be. Oh. <laughs> if you draw on an animal I I about this. fake yeah. for video and you can't yeah. stop yourself from squeezing the trigger, sometimes you shoot animals on accident. That's how powerful it can be. Yep, exactly. So when you when you had it, not to, I don't want to go off on tangent too much, but when you had it, where did you... Could you not hold a spot, or what were you doing? So it, it generally hit like a thief in the night for me. Like, I mean, it's almost, you know, they say like vision, like you lose your close-up vision, you wake up one morning, you can't see close-up. It was like that. I just walked into a tournament one day, and, you know, I was shooting a wrist rock at a puncher, and it was one of those like holding low or, uh, you know, spinning around, you know, figure eight, and then just wham, hammering the trigger. and yeah. hammering up. Yeah, that, I was hammering there. It wasn't good. I that was bad. That was I went. Well, see, that was the problem. I kept listening to Cam, and I kept hammering, like hammering my way through forty targets and shot a whopping like three forty or something. Um, because when you go from shooting in the four, you know, four ten, four twelve, four eighteen on a forty target course, and you shoot like a a three forty eight, you're like Jesus Christ on His throne. What just happened? So yeah. 
So did you, did you, would it come and go or did, once you got it, did it stick? Well, once I got it, I stopped shooting for a while and then went okay. and saw a coach okay. and, and got, you know, immediately got to fixing. That's where people have problems. They won't admit it and it just spirals down the shitter from there. I would imagine it's probably the same thing with a gun. You know what I mean? Like if you don't come home and start whatever it is you do, dry fire or whatever, and just uh, avoid it and think it'll go away, it's not going away. Not very, not without yeah. practice. Help. Yeah, it's definitely a real thing. I've got, uh, okay, I've, it got pretty bad for a while where I actually, I did take a break and it, luckily it coincided with kind of the end of the season and, and then, and I didn't do any classes or teaching, but I, I kind of wished I maybe would have, but I just, I, when I slowly got back, I'd literally, I would go up and do like five dry fires and be like, hold on the center of the target and press through. And it was like this mental, it was like a workout. <laughs> I was like, man, it was, it, it was, I don't know. It was, uh, and then I'll go to shoots and I'll see it's definitely an issue with it seems like for the guys that have shot longer and then I don't know I think it has something to do with uh, the pressure they put on themselves because some most of the beginners there's not you know mid-class guys I don't see a lot it's the guys that have some potential and they're really hard on themselves and they're like they're trying to focus too hard or try too hard and then they start it's like their brain just short circuits or something. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, for definitely. What? Just because uh, the amount of questions we get about guns, I'm going to fire some off to you uh, for the listeners, and we're not going to talk about the recurve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Okay, so uh, caliber-wise, we get asked, uh, well, I do. I don't know. I'm sure, Frank, you do too. What caliber? And... Uh, other than making fun of like the 6.5 Creedmoor and the man bun thing. <laughs> um, so I bounce stuff off of guys like that I've known have hunted and been successful hunting for years. Now this is yep. excluding yep. ballistic turrets, just knocking animals down. For the most part, most of them will recommend a 30-06, um, like mm-hmm. a 7-millimeter, a 270, uh, 300 or a 300 short and it, they all recommend that because basically inside of 400 yards it's really doesn't matter um, a whole whole lot and, and maybe even farther out so what are your thoughts because like I called you once and said hey I want to set up a gun and you were like I was like out to 500 and then you giggled and said it doesn't matter <laughs> um, yeah they all work yeah, so what are your yeah. thoughts on calibers from moose down, yeah. moose on down? Yeah, so I may be different than some. I know a lot of guys, you hear the stupid internet arguments of like, well, my 6 mil of this, my 243 that can kill anything in North America. And and it absolutely can, and you can kill a lot of stuff with a 22 Magnum too. But um, it's there's if you're building a gun, to me, I would lean towards 30 cal or bigger if you're wanting one gun for everything and um you know moose and elk if you're going to go into those ranges there's no to me there's no yes a 6.5 will kill it you know a 6.5 284 has killed tons of stuff and people swear by it but if you're going to hunt that stuff you get a little bit more margin for error it's like you guys talking about super heavy arrows you get you know some quarter in a way you know, a heavy arrow with cut on contact, you're going to have some margin for error. If an animal turns and you need to punch through some extra bone or something, same thing with guns. Like a heavy bullet and a 30 cal 
is going to kill a lot of stuff. I've killed tons of stuff with 338. You know, that might be a little bit overkill, but uh, dead is dead. And so as far as, like, not getting too fancy, um, you know, no ballistic turrets, like you said, to find an ammo on the shelf, even, it'd be hard for me to pass up, like, a, you know, a 300 wind mag or, or something like that. I really like the 30 cals and up if you're going, you know, elk and moose. Um, I've had some sevens. I've had um, 280 Ackleys and shot seven mags and all that stuff, and they're, they're fine. I just, I don't know. I gravitate towards 30s. I think they kill a little bit better, and obviously that's debatable, but um, there's a lot of good bullets for 30 cals. Um, they seem to be generally pretty accurate i've had you know 300 wsms that are awesome on a short mag that's a great caliber a lot of factory ammo out there for that um but i would stay towards the 30 cal and i would probably if it were me and i was going to go buy something kind of off the shelf with good options for ammo that you could find in alaska or any local walmart would be probably a 300 win mag or 300 wsm there's a ton of good choices out there but that's probably what i would pick for just a good all-around you know killing machine so yeah i was gonna say someone asked me the other day what what they would go with and i'm definitely not a gun expert like john but i've been shooting a 300 ultra mag for the last year and a half or so and um i've let a lot of people borrow it as well and i'd say 90 percent of the animals that we've shot with it have dropped right there have only gone maybe 50 yards and I'm the same way. I grew up shooting, uh, started off with a seven mag, shooting like 140 some odd grain bullets. And now I'm shooting a 200 grain, uh, 200 grain bullet. And man, that thing's a freaking meat hammer, dude. It, whatever gets hit by that just drops. So you said meat yeah. hammer. <laughs> it is. It just, I mean, it's just, it's, it's devastating. And, uh, yeah, that's my favorite 30 cal that has been a 300, uh, ultra mag to this, or Remington ultra mag, a 300 rum. I've had three, four, let's see, four or five of those in custom guns. Um, little, well, I don't know. There's a fair bit of factory ammo for those too. But yeah, those things are crazy. I'm building a, a 300 Norma right now just to try out, um, which is a little shorter case. So it feeds better out of a, you know, out of mags or bottom metal. But same idea as a, as an ultra mag kind of. But yeah, that's a that would be what I would build. Um, obviously, because I'm building one. But um, that's a little bit more a handload for everything. So you're not going to find as much ammo for those around obscure places. But yeah, the, the ultra mag, the 300 rounds, dude, off killed. Those things are awesome. Well, so. I've got a, a little bit of a controversial question. So if you okay. if you ask. Let's say, okay, so I know eight <laughs> major outfitters right now, guides and outfitters, you know, arguably top 20 in the world, thinking of these eight. And anytime you bring up long range to these guys, F-bombs and retard, moron, fuck stick, I mean, there is horrible, horrible, it's kind of like bringing up Fannin to Clay. Nothing yeah, good exactly. comes out of that at all. Like <laughs> yep, immediate. Yep. Like, so the thing is, is totally what agree. they generally say, same with archers, is any guy that walks into camp and says, get me within a thousand, they start to just <laughs> just twitch and like, oh, God. So normally I would say all of them would agree. They blame best of the West. Uh What's the who makes G seven the range finder? Gunworks. Gunworks. They Gun hate works. those guys, yep. too. And what they say is. Generally, these effing a-holes watch this show. They say, here, we can sell you this. You know, you can be accurate to a 1,000 yards with this rangefinder and this gun um, and shoot whatever. 
How, how do you feel about that, like, long range for the inexperienced? I've already proven the, it's not a good idea. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> what? Uh, I can't agree more. Uh, yeah, and I've been, so I was, so I, I maybe have told, told you on here, I don't know, but, I, like, being up in the territories with Clay, that exact thing, like, it was, I hadn't known him, you know, you, I think you gave a reference to any of these guys, you know, know what they're doing, but when people ask how far, like, I hate, like, I've been on some outfitted hunts the last few years now, and I just don't, I don't, I'm not going to give them a number, I was like, I can, you have a, you have a practice range, where we can go shoot and I'll show you, and then once they see that you know what you're doing, most of them are super cool, well, all of them have been really cool, um, but you can't, you got to show them, and so, Clay, this guy shows up for a he had a he had a 300 ultra mag i'll try to make it quick 300 ultra mag he's going to go on a sheep hunt and a caribou hunt well he brought a 165 grain bullet for a sheep and he wanted to shoot his caribou with the 220 grain bullet and he thought you could zero the gun this is a this is not to throw gun works under the bus but he had his gun works g7 just like he said and he goes hey they said it was ready well, he thought his zero would be the same with his 165 grains and his 220s, and he thought that his drops would be the same. So he's sitting there. I just hear just bang, 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 and Clay grabs me. He's like, he's like, get your ass over there and help that guy. I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right, buddy. So you're gonna run over there, and I'm like, man, this you cannot do this. And Gun was shooting good, but he was just shooting high with one ball, low with the other. He was he didn't have a clue. And they come in with false, a lot of these guys come in with false confidence, like you said, because it's 1,000 yards out of the box, ready to roll. And it's not necessarily, I mean, that's Gunworks marketing. Those guns will do it. But it's just those guys didn't get the training or they didn't remember it or they, you know, whatever. But it's a big, yeah, it happens all the time. So Clay walks over. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Clay just walks over. I was like, man, here's what's going on. This gun's shooting good with this ammo. And I set it up for the heavy ones. I was like, you can shoot a sheep with a 220-grain bullet. We just shot our sheep with 300-grain bullets. Like, it's a nice, good exit entry in and a little exit out, no big deal. And so I set it up for the 220s. Clay walks over, grabs his 165 ammo. He's like, he's like these are mine. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, they went off, and he killed everything he needed to kill with his, with his gun. But just... That's a that's a super common. I can't imagine being an outfitter, like because we were there for a couple weeks and had a lot of people coming and going in camp, and we had to kill some time before moose season. So we were, you know, cutting firewood and helping around camp, and hunters would come in and go out, and we were helping them. You know, I was out at the range a few times helping guys get ready, and none of them knew what they were talking about. And then you know, you get the guys that have their 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 beat up old gun and they're like hey i know my my drop and my hold over to 400 yards and that's and like more power to you man i don't don't shoot long range unless you know what you're doing and you you practiced and you have it you have it you need a clue and it's not terror it's not rocket science but there's a lot of guys on a lot of those hunts that uh that shouldn't be shooting that shouldn't be spinning turrets so, so. The Clay and I talked about this. I got into a huge argument with a guy about it. Brian Martin and I talked about this as well. Is if I so Frank is uh, what did T Bone call call those guys? Uh, Billy Joe Lunchbucket. Yeah, Billy Joe Lunchbucket. <laughs> normal dude, right? And he says, "All right, John Dudley, set me up a bow, good to a hundred yards." And, okay, Dudley, very elite shooter, right? Very good at tuning. He sets it up and hands it to him, says, you're good to 100, buddy. Head on out there. 
that's no different in my mind than having a box, a gun come out of the box and saying, you're good to a thousand because you just, you don't have it. Well, the, the, the thing that, here's the other issue, which I'm sure you've seen this, uh, Frank, John and I were guiding somebody. We've all got 95s and this dude has never looked through a scope at 28 power, looking through a freaking BB, right? Trying to, yep, yep. and we're like, it's the third deer from left to right. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Are you sure you're on it? I'm on it. All right, shoot it. And he shoots the fifth deer from left to right, which is a 145 <laughs> inch mule deer. And the third was yep. 205. Didn't the, uh, didn't the muley freak guy shoot the wrong antelope or something and like freaked out? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it all the time. Yeah. And Bri- I talk it. Brian Martin is not one of the most loved guys around the world, uh, but he's very, very, very knowledgeable and he's seen a lot. And talking with Brian about this and, and he's funny. He's like, and then they fucking blame me. And I'm like, I yeah, asked you exactly. if you were on it. You know? <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Especially imagine a big line of Marcos, like those guys, those getting those giant herds and they're all single file out of there after someone blows them out and they're trying to rush a shot. Someone's got their scope cranked up to 25 power at, you know, whatever, 300 yards when they're going up this Rocky, you know, yeah, he probably sees it all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, to, to me, um, and, and this, obviously, I'm, I'm looking at this from an, an archery slash guiding slash helping slash photography point of view. I'm, I'm looking at it from seeing it multiple different angles. If you are capable, by all means, if you trained, if you've, you know, that's no, Clay is not going to bitch if I drop an animal at 80 to 100 with a compound. Neither would Bart or exactly. Brian. They'd all encourage yep. it. They'd be behind me. But they know I can shoot. And so... It, it's a it's a big difference. It's not that hard to get sub three hundred yards from almost any animal. If if you're choosing to shoot far, it's more because you're honing your skills of something you're already proficient at. Um, I would say going from like a, a I don't want to use the word we're not supposed to talk about it. My preferred weapon of choice right now, or a compound, <laughs> and then grabbing a gun. It's like a gift. It's like, oh, this is oh, yeah. this is an easy deal. It's a done deal. Um, Automatic, yeah. Well, let's talk about your the goat hunt, the last one I was on with you and, and, and Ben. We got sub, I don't know, 20, 30 from multiple different goats, and you basically said, I think you were like, I want to shoot at 40 and in or 1,000 and out. Was there 800 and out kind of a yeah, thing? Yeah, I mean, I shoot with a bow or with a, with a gun. And yeah, that's and that's, I don't know. I'm not necessarily backing up from animals. To, like, I don't want to shoot an animal at 2,000. I want, it, I want a high-odds shot or, or, or you know, or, or, or hunt with a bow. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, same reason you compound got boring. And, like, I don't want to, I don't like shooting animals at 100 yards with a gun. It's kind of, I mean, it's fine. I'll do it. I don't, have any, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what is in me. I don't know what was in you where you're like, man, compound's just kind of automatic and there's no really thrill. I don't know if thrill's the right word, but, you know, that adrenaline, we're not, you know, and, and so you switch to more of a challenge and more, you know, whatever. And so I like, you know, I, I shoot a lot long range. So I was like, yeah, I, lo- I like, there's some satisfaction in, you know, six, seven, eight thousand yard you know, just, you know, smoking something and then, and then also shooting stuff with a bow. I love, you know, shooting stuff with a bow. It's just, 
the same challenge on different ends of the spectrum. It's the same. You're tuning guns for long range like you're tuning a bow. It's it's. I feel like it's a very. I've said this before. Like I feel like it's a very similar um, long range shooting with a gun and archery. I feel like are very similar um, uh, sports just on opposite ends of the spectrum. So, but yeah, the go to the gun thing was uh, go keep going. <laughs> well, that that. <laughs> Can I mention how we got the gun? Is that illegal? How we got the gun, or was that legal? Do we ever find that? I think so, but there's a statute. Of, we, it's just yeah, I don't care. So <laughs> there was we had an airdrop. We could just send that. <laughs> so John and I. Now let's rewind. Uh, this all start. This well, let's let's rewind her back all the way to to Pecker shooting the state record. Okay, so. When Pecker drew that tag, uh, he and I met and asked if I'd go with him, and, and uh, we ended up shooting basically off the trail, which we, I, I mean, the conversation, which Ben will tell you, there was a lot of, there's no way we're doing this, I don't mind stretching, whatever, we're not, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it ended up being the record. So then that squeaky-voiced kid, um, Long Goat Media, Yep. Yep. Has photos. Yeah. Shane. Shane has photos of what I feel is a fifty-four to fifty-six inch goat on camera in the snow during the rut. That tag went from going for like five grand to what's the most it's gone for? Oh, like thirty-seven thousand. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. So for James shoots his goat, and then the hunt is on for what I like to refer to as the unicorn, the goat that does not fucking exist. Because if it was you and I would have seen it, it's not on that mountain. Yep. I just we can't find yeah. it. So, yeah, multiple hunts looking for it. We end up shooting. Well, Ben's was a fifty and an eighth. For, I don't. James was fifty one. Yours was what forty nine and change. Yeah. Yes, sir. Whatever. So. All of these different hunts, we finally, I, I, I had a unicorn goat I saw the year prior. Was I with you yep. when I saw that? Yeah, the one when we were on Ben's hunt. Yeah, what, water, was on the waterfall. On the waterfall, looked giant. Ben saw one from a helicopter. You guys saw it scouting. So there's these unicorns in there we're looking for. And it rains a lot, by the way. I hate the rain. So... I don't know how many freaking days I've spent on this mountain. John, uh, ben dropped me off once. I backpacked. Is this in. when you tried keto? Yeah, it was actually with with. Uh, so all on, you were eating were like was like peanut butter. Well, and, and jerky bacon. and tuna. And it wasn't <laughs> cool. Um, so uh, we, we at a fast forward through multiple hunts in in probably forty days on the mountain. John and John and I are on the mountain and we spot what could be the the waterfall goat the goat across this canyon which what was your shot 1140 yeah i think it was somewhere in the 11s which is was which was a ways for the the conditions because of the canyon but yeah so yep. this was such a shithole it was 1140 <laughs> yards it took us what six hours to get to it it took us a long time i don't yeah i'd say at least six i think it took us I mean, we left super early in the morning, and we got back late, ate some food, and went to bed. So it was kind of a one of those all day things. Was it, was it you that behind me when I slid down the the willows and my knees smashed into my face and I yelled back up? I'm like, "We're all good." Or was it uh, Marty behind me? 
I think that might have been Marty. We were all just spread out. We clipped out so many times going down. We were spread out across that whole mountain trying to get down that stupid thing. But yeah, I was going to say which which time. I mean, I don't know how many. River crossings and these these guys cross no. in a different spot on the way back. And I cross up high and I end up on a vertical sandy shaley slope looking at these a-holes walking thinking oh i fucked up like this was a bad (laughs) idea right and then remember pecker on ben's hunt freaking pecker gave marty all his all the weight and so i'm going up this like devil or no it was uh heather whatever it is ice axe climbing and and uh yeah, then and, and James is right there behind me and takes a break, and his pack has five pounds in it. And I'm like, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't know that for a while, though. Hell no. I was like, man, this little fat fucker's keeping up. Well, he didn't have any weight. Marty took it all. But Yeah. So, Trimmer's a machine. But. John's, yeah, Marty is a machine. Um, John's got his bow, and we're like, assess the situation. And I would say you and I both came to the conclusion it was just about impossible to, to kill with a bow. Yeah. So, and we've been up there for, we had another hunt coming up. You had been up two different times for a week or so. We've been on the mountain hunting for a lot of days. And we had, we were kind of running out of time the way uh, with Ben and the whole situation. It was kind of like a, there were some, there were some external pressures like, well, what do we do? <laughs> so it will. Yeah. And <laughs> I, it was, <laughs> and we couldn't find a bigger goat as it was another, you know, problem. And so John calls Ben, says, Hey, we got a goat. We're going to kill it. I think we, we texted Clay too. I think photos of the goat and he kind of verified, yeah, it's around 50. And dude, the, the gun, Ben comes and Marty, like, fucking record speed into this god awful climb up. And I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, we're like, he's like, well, I'll head up. Well, the afternoon, I was like, well, they'll probably get here like around midnight or something. And then an hour later, <laughs> Ben comes, Ben comes, I hear this noise. I'm like, I turn around, and Ben's walking up behind me with, his, with, with the 338. I was like, where'd you, it was the weirdest, one of the weirder moments I've ever been in the field. It was just, I'm counting on like, fingers and toes of how fast <laughs> could I climb up that mountain, right? Because Ben and I, he was in shape well, at that time. Was, the drive's an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. And so a, I'm, I th- <laughs> well, the motherfucker got flown in by a helicopter. You <laughs> <laughs> did, did a halo job. And <laughs> yeah. Well, and he was sweaty when he got to us, but I'm like, he must have ran yeah. up that first hill. I was laughing. Yeah, he splashed some water on his face. Yeah. Well, then you made it was a one-shot deal. I mean, you, you that shot was, but there was a glacier above us, a river below. You know, from left yep. to right, there was a lot of wind conditions, and I don't know. A you, lot of wind. Talk about that with calling the wind. Yeah, I mean that wasn't. We had some. We had. I mean, to be. You know, we had a little bit of issues. We had. Uh, I hit him, and he dropped down in some trees where we couldn't. You couldn't really get another shot. Like my policy same with bows if if it's standing we're shooting and i couldn't get it i couldn't get you know a shot into him the way he was i was like well he'll you know we've got him and we we did get him but it was a little bit different than we liked but uh it worked out but yeah just the it was it was a giant canyon so we're shooting 11 something across and 
I mean, you can you can glass across, you can look at debris, leaves, spider webs, whatever's in the air, you know, cruising through the canyon, and you make a call, and you're like, it was loud. I remember it being loud, and it wasn't the river we were hearing in the bottom. It was the wind, you know, ripping through there. And so, you you know, you make that call as best you can. And 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 the key with all this, and the key with competition, is absolutely you got to see where that bullet lands. And so, uh, you know, sh- you know, recoil con- management, um, shot follow through. So break the shot, see where it lands. If you need to make an instant correction, you can. It's the guys that shoot, pull their head off the gun, and they don't see where anything goes or where anything lands. They don't know what to do with the next shot. So, um, yeah, just staying on the gun. I think we took a few shots, um, hit them a couple times. It was just, uh, I don't know, it was, uh, it was, it was blowing, and it was awkward because you're trying to, you know, you take a shot, and you can't. I couldn't tell exactly where it hit, but it was a little bit, a little bit high. And then, um, you know, trying to make corrections with the wind and the range and, and all that stuff. But, but I don't know, we were right there on that first shot. And, and also some of them running the big 338, which, you know, I was running a 300-gram burger bullet at, you know, 3,100 feet a second or 3,075 or something. So moving pretty good with a high BC. Um, so there's less wind drift. So that gives you a little bit more margin for error. Um, just because it's 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 such a you know just a fast shooting bullet that bucks the wind really well, um, but yeah, just um, just take as far as the wind goes, just taking everything into account. What's what's moving in the canyon, and then just experience and 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 making your best shot, and then really trying to watch where that bullet lands so you can you make a quick follow up shot. You know. Yeah. Well, there was some wrestling involved after the six oh, yeah. hour climb over. It it wasn't quite done. Yeah. It was actually a shit show. Which is crazy. Yeah, it was. He was just sitting there, and we're like, "Oh, we get down there, we're like, dude, his head's up, and, and we couldn't see him in the trees, and he just, he just, there, those things are tough. I mean, goats are. Been on some sheep hunts and some goat hunts, and goats just seem, I don't, they seem, they seem tougher than sheep to me. So yeah, oh, they are, they are pretty tough. What, um, what's your kind of suggestion for guys on uh, guns? Meaning, if uh, you know the standard go to something I'd buy, go to the store and buy a good, uh, all around hunting gun for, you know, three, 400 and in, and then like the, the tiers, you know, tier one, two, and three, what do you suggest for guys going from greener than grass, just grabbing a gun and scope all the way up to, um, you know, fully custom yeah. like crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, the custom end is like never ending. Um, the, I, I've said, I've said this before and I, and I haven't messed with a lot of factory guns lately. Um, but I, I have had some Tikas, uh, and I, I, this is kind of what I tell people. It's like, man, those Tika had a T3 light and a 300 with them. Um, I've seen them shoot in some 243s and some other calibers, 308s and stuff, and they seem to shoot really, really good out of the box. Um, I've had some mixed results with some other popular guns, and I, that, and that's the gamble you get with, with buying factory. I had a – I don't – well, I, I don't care. I had a Browning uh, Hell's Canyon that may be the worst gun, shooting gun I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, we shot three or four different loads through it. There was, it was, there was three to four inches. You know, scope was tight. Everything was good. Don't triple check that because I couldn't believe it. But but that's the deal with production. And I don't, again, I've heard and seen groups from Brownings that hammer and so I think the gamble with, with production firearms, I'm sure there's Tikas that haven't shot well. 
Um, I just happened to have one that shot really good, and I've seen a couple others that shot really good. What I would say is you could buy a couple. I mean, if you want to go this way, you could buy a couple factory guns, see which one shot the best, sell the other one, and you still be money ahead. But you just sometimes if you buy a production rifle, there's going to be you're going to get a you're going to get a Friday afternoon gun when everyone's trying to leave the shop. And, and, or, you know, someone's having a bad day there, that happens with production of any product. And so, um, I, man, I just, I've had good luck with those Tikas. I know there's other brands. I don't, I just don't, I'm not in that world a lot. So it's a little bit hard for me to speak on. So you want um, like a Tuesday so, gun because Monday usually goes yeah, to shit. You want a Tuesday gun when everything's yeah, calmed down. Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe even a Thursday. <laughs> You want a midweek, <laughs> midweek rifle. A mid-week, you, you want a midweek gun. You want a hunt day gun. So, um, so I, I, That's I a don't good t-shirt. know, man. I mean, buy a hump day well, gun. That? That's a good t-shirt. You <laughs> yeah. buy a hump day version. Yep. <laughs> I want the hump day model. Um, but yeah, those. I mean, that's I, that's what I've seen. I, I've I've you know, Savage for a while had some seemed like had some pretty good shooting guns. Um, I've heard uh, some a few different things lately. Um, but I, I don't do a lot of that. I do a, most of my stuff's all custom, and you can go anywhere from there. I would say a tier, so maybe a tier two right now that I would throw some props to is uh, Seekins uh, out of Idaho. They make a, a gun called the Seekins Havoc, and I've heard some really good things about those. I think you can get those for, gosh, fifteen hundred, two thousand. I, I, I I'm not exactly sure without checking. But I've heard a lot of good things about those rifles. They're, those are semi-custom, um, you know, but he sells them Cabela's and a bunch of other places. And I've heard good things about those. Um, one of the calibers is the new 6.5 PRC, um, which Hornady makes factory ammo for, and guys are loving that. That's been super accurate, out of the box, with really good uh, velocity spreads. I've talked to some guys that shoot, I shoot comps with that are like, man, you know, ju- you know, just like you, because we hand load everything forever. And he goes, the PRC, you can, that Hornady ammo, those guys are taken out of the box. I was talking to a buddy two days ago. He's like, dude, I was shooting clay pigeons at 800 yards, one after another with factory ammo. And it's a custom rifle, but it was just factory ammo. And, um, you know, that's been hammering for guys. So I think that Seekins Havoc comes in a 6.5 PRC. Yeah, and with that I'm, ammo, I'm that's a pretty right deadly now. combo. Yep. It's a... Uh... 1950 for the uh, Havoc Bravo for you tactical people, and the Havoc Bravo <laughs> Hunter PH1 is 2200, Boom. and it's 6.5, 6.5 PRC, six millimeter, 308, 28 nozzler, 300 wind mag. Yeah, I've heard good things about that gun, <laughs> and um, and then from custom you can do anything. You know, there's uh, I shoot for Curtis Custom, so I run all Curtis actions, but there's. You know, Kurt, I love those guys, but there's a lot of good actions out there. Then there's a lot of good barrel makers. I run a lot of proofs, but there's all Krieger and Bartlett, and I, there's a million barrel makers. Um, pick a really good smith. Get reviews. I've had a lot of sketchy smiths, gunsmiths, and um, there's definitely some good ones. I shoot for a lot of Florida right now, uh, Joe Walls with Exodus Rifles, and he builds he built some hammers. Um, we're i've said this in the past we we actually have a lathe now and um this last you know six months getting some stuff up and running but we're still a ways from doing i'd like to get some some of our own guns out so i think that's coming but 
I I can't. There's so much stuff I'm trying to do right now. It's not a super priority. Um, so I don't. At some point, we want to do that. Um, we're not quite there yet, just with everything going on. But um, the custom in you can go forever. Then then it comes down to ream respects and you know freeboard, and you get really nerdy with. I mean, just like you get in the archery world, you go way down a deep hole with getting everything just right. The you know how far you want your bolt seat in the case and all just. I, I don't know. There's I, I worry about all there. of that. I don't even know what free boring is. It's, it's important to me. Pop them ammo. <laughs> Just give me the ammo. Yeah. Yeah, I want a box of ammo. So, no, it's, you can go down a deep, deep hole. That's a whole other level of you could talk forever about. But um, but those would kind of be some levels off the top of my head. Um, you know, again, just don't, don't talk, don't put too much stock in a factory gun. Get it. You know, maybe you'll get an awesome one, but just don't freak out if you don't. You can do a, you can do a lot with a gun that's shooting one inch and a hundred yards, believe it or not. I mean, that drives me crazy. But um, when my, if I have a gun doing that, but you can still shoot some. I mean, no issues with hunting 600, 700 yards at all if it's got if it's consistent. You know, so. So. Um, I got another controversial question. Um, okay. <laughs> just because I get so much love and hate for this specific pump company. Um, so yep. Christensen Arms, my what okay. I have seen from the outside looking in is they have lemons. They'll have really good guns, and then they'll have one that, that oh, talking like inch and a half, two a inch Friday MOA. Well, yeah, a Friday, yep. drunk Friday yep. gun. Yep. What do you, how, how do you feel about yeah. that, or what have you heard or seen? Yeah, Ryan I've Avery, the by the way, thing. had a drunk Friday gun, and that thing wouldn't hit a bull in the ass with a bass fiddle. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it, there. I, yeah, I don't. I've seen that too. I've, I've got those guys that message me. I, hey, can you? There's a guy actually doesn't live far from me. He's like, hey, can I pay you to fix this gun and to do load development? And I'm like, I'm like, man, I don't. I'm pretty busy. What is it? And he, and he tells me, well, it's a Christian. I was like, nope, sorry, I, it's not worth. I just can't. So he started sending me pictures of groups. I gave him some things to try. I was like, I just, I'm not going to subject myself to that because it would be so frustrating. But when you get a lemon, you got a lemon. And I don't know why or what. There's a million variables. I've seen that a lot. I know early on, I, from what I've been told, I don't know if this is true, but for early on, all they were doing were turning down the factory Remington 700 barrels and carbon wrapping them. I think they're using their own barrels. I've heard they're, they changed that. That was a long time ago. So they got a bad rap early on. Again, a long time ago. I've also seen some ones that shot really good, and I know some guys I trust that have had some that shot really good. Um, but to me, that would be more of a gamble. Where with a custom, you're like, it's most likely going to shoot very, very well. Christensen, to me, in my head, falls more into the you're taking a gamble. Like maybe it's going to shoot good, maybe it's not. And at that point, I'm like, just grab a factory gun for 600 bucks or something, 700 bucks. I don't know what those Tikas are, 750, um, same with Savage or Brownie. I mean, all those factory guns, you know, just, you know, take a shot with that instead of spending whatever the Christiansons go for. So I don't want to badmouth them. I don't know them. They make some good stuff. I just, I've heard exactly what you said is very hit and miss. What have you heard about Fierce? Isn't it Fierce? About is it uh, fi- Fierce? Yeah. Is it Fierce Firearms? Um, they're, yeah, they're, I've heard, so they were... Uh, where are they based? I can't remember where they're based out of. Uh, they're so 
all these they're custom, <clears throat> as far as I know they're a custom maker so they have their own their their actions that someone makes for them I believe and then they just are you know spinning barrels up I'm sure they've got a CNC machine and they're just you know punching barrels out and they look cool and they have good marketing and I don't I haven't heard anything um, anything negative about them so I don't have much to say about them um, but I've heard I've heard good things but they're a custom you know, a big custom house, I'd say. And there's a lot of those out there now. Um, I mean, I think in the firearm industry, it's been, it's been interesting because on the competition side, I work with a lot of companies and been more involved with more of the, you know, numbers and backroom side of things than I normally, than I have in the past. And long range is probably the fastest growing segment in the firearm industry right now. I mean, ARs are dead, handguns are slowed down. Like, Oh, long range rifles is huge and there's a lot of product money and innovation going into those things. And, um, and so there's a lot of guys jumping on and there's a lot of custom houses like fierce, um, that are out there. I think, I think they're good. I don't think they're anything special, uh, over another custom house. Um, but I think they make a good product is that from what I've heard, I haven't shot one, but so much of this is then so, to me, it all comes down to like what I want to do at some point is get get some guns and then set them up. The setup of this stuff is huge. Where if you if you uh, you can get the best gun ever if you don't you know make a good load for it. Like you know tune the load, different charge weights, different um, you know jumping the bullet, different uh, distances, different powders, different primers, all that stuff. If you don't get a load tuned for a custom gun. They can shoot terrible. I've had custom guns shoot absolutely awful with one bullet and, and shoot in the ones or, you know, just bug hole with another bullet. And so if you bought a custom of Fierce or anybody else's and you just threw in a bullet because you think it's a good bullet and the gun doesn't like it, well, then you're screwed. It's not – it has nothing to do with the gun. It, has, it just didn't like it. And so I think the big thing with all these things is – and that's the hardest thing is learning, you know, reloading and tuning a gun – getting your extreme spreads, your velocity spreads down really low, getting groups small, getting your drops just perfect, tuning your BC, getting everything perfect. So when you get out in the field in all these different situations, everything's spot on. You, ne- you don't need to be guessing your elevation on a hunt. You need it to be perfect. And if you're just grabbing any of these custom guns and throwing some random ammo in it that it doesn't happen to like, you know, you, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So Or your deer in the um, foot. <laughs> do you think... Uh, yeah, exactly. Do you think- exactly. Do you think you and Jake are going to maybe do like a YouTube channel on, on how to do all that stuff? Or are you going to, is that going to just be? I do we definitely need, we definitely need to. Aaron was saying. Somebody just told you that. that. Well, yeah, Aaron gave me a lot of good oh. advice. I really appreciate it. But there's, a, there's, I got a big list of things I'm, uh, I need to do. But yeah, YouTube is definitely, um, I need to start doing that. And just, uh, just some basic stuff. Like we could do, yeah, we got a bunch of ideas for that. But yes, that's, uh, that's definitely. And then, oh, what was that? I was just gonna say I think reloading is kind of a daunting thing to get into because there's so many components like you're saying just like just like with anything else like archery but just getting started and what equipment to get and so people can you know get this right stuff the first time yep yep I, I'm definitely definitely looking into that and doing that so um, yeah there's stuff you just can't cover in a pod I mean we can talk about it but you got to see it you got to see the different tools and you got to see what measurements we're talking about um, yeah definitely is on the list of things to do so and there's, I'm sure there's a bunch out there on YouTube. I personally haven't looked because I've, I've been doing it for so long. Um, but I like to get it all in one place and, and be able to reference that to people. And then, you know, once we get a b- bunch of videos done, like, hey, watch, you know, 
video, you know, four through nine for this, and that, you know, I, it'd be a, it'd be a good reference for people. But I've been going down the YouTube rabbit hole, and we need to start a bushcraft channel because those fucking things get like a million downloads by guys like chopping up really? firewood and living in the wood. We're in the wrong business. Boys. We should have Eric do it. Bender, yeah. I would you're like. Right there, you're close. Oh. <laughs> I was watching him, and I'm thinking, out of all the things to get a million downloads, this guy, okay, he cooks a whole chicken. Well, you know that motherfucker didn't pack a whole chicken in to cook it on a spit, <laughs> right? Obviously, he's camping by yeah. the car. Maybe and, he had it on a leash. Yep. And then plucked it? And then walked it out to wherever he was going, and then... That's a good point. <laughs> chicken fights. Anyway, squirrel there. Um, I think Frank's right, though, and like I told you, um, me, you know, on the unknown with, with, when I say unknown, like I can grab a gun and go kill something with it, but, I mean, when I have questions like uh, guys have for me uh, that I that is, is literally, like, is super, like, basic on my, you know, I'm like, really, man, you got that question? And I think about guns, like, you know, I don't really, you know, I if I went and bought a gun now, I'd probably throw a three by nine or something like that on there because I'm not going to shoot very far. But if I was trying to get into it a little bit more, like if I had a coming to Jesus meeting with myself and sold the stick bows and got into guns and I wanted to put some effort into it, you know, I'd have to go to someone like you. And before I went to you personally, I'd probably watch everything on your page to get a little bit more dialed in. Yeah, that's what we need to do. But no, I... I get, like you said, you just take it for granted. Like, I just assume, just because I've done this for so long, and I and I don't even hardly remember, oh, I didn't know enough to know when I started. I just was loading, and I didn't know about bumping shoulders. I didn't know about some of the basic stuff. I just did it, and you slowly learn. So I take for granted some of the stuff I know, and it's good to get some of the questions I'm starting to get are, are like, well, you don't know that, but then you think about it, like, well, I don't know how you would, um, besides just trial and error. And if we could cut some of that learning curve out, um, definitely want to do that. So I've got, you got some ideas, but just, dude, I need more time. <laughs> it's been, uh, definitely going to go down that route, but, um, uh, just, uh, you know, it's, there's only so much stuff I can do right now, but I definitely, that's a, definitely a priority, especially after talking to you the other day was, you know, the value of all that stuff. But I don't know. Is uh, I just got to figure out the, just getting the pod. I think we'll, we'll get the podcast. We got that and the hosting. We're getting that figured out. So as soon as that's going smooth, which we pretty much got that the last two weeks. And so, um, probably move towards doing some video stuff very quickly. Where are you, where are you sitting right now in the competition? Um, so the two leagues, national rifle league, precision rifle series, there's two major leagues. Um, the, they take your three matches um, and, you know, your three best scores, and that's your that's your, your standings in the season. So in the National Rifle League, I've shot I've shot over three matches. So I'm, I'm in first place in the National Rifle League. And then in the Precision Rifle Series, I've only shot two matches, so I don't have enough. Um, I need three, at least three to, call, to get into the running. So I'm in the score, but I'm way down because I've only shot two matches, and I'm going against guys that shot three. So I've got the highest two score um the highest guy with two scores out there and then this weekend will be my third match so if i do well this weekend i'll move into first um but i need the third score in the precision rifle series so if this weekend goes well which is a tough it's a tough venue um down in tennessee and it's supposed to be like 95 degrees and humidity so i don't know if we'll be able to see the targets through the mirage or not but 
I'll find out soon enough. So, but I need one more score there, and I should be. I'll be. I'll definitely be right up there in the top. You know, the top few. And if I have a good weekend this weekend, I'll be in first. So, um, just trying to stay. You know, trying to stay up there on top. There's a lot of good guys out there. Um, staying with a couple of them, staying with Jake and uh, Dave Preston, the guy from East Coast who's just been a killer in this league for a long, long time. Both Jake and Dave have shot for years. And so it's fun being around those guys and hanging out with them and shooting with them. So um, it should be a good time. But, yeah, she's doing, doing well. It's going good. I've had some real good matches, been real consistent this year. I've had some, you know, it's really difficult to win um, to win the every match because of the, the – there's some there's some variables that are hard to control in a long range competition, like the different times of day when you choose certain stages. And so, it's I want to win every single one, and it's so hard to do just with some, you know, you lose by a point or two, and you shot a long range stage, and you know, 20 mile an hour wind, and someone else shot it in the morning when it was when it was calm, you know, with with a three mile an hour wind. And so there's some point spreads and changes that can happen from there, and you can benefit from them, and they can you can also get beat up by them, and it goes both ways. So um I've, i haven't been out of the top three this whole year yet so just uh, a handful of firsts some seconds tied for second a couple times tied for third a couple times so um you know just that's my goal is just to stay stay consistent and have two great days of of shooting and so far so good just uh, i love it you know i mean we're talking about comp- competing and stuff so i just i love it and as far as like the hunting side i think it's such a great Talk, like if you took that guy from the territories who didn't know a thing about anything, and if you went to one shoot with, I don't care what gun he had, you know, if you took a, a 223 with a scope with turrets on, he pulled his hunting scope off, put it on 223 for one weekend, he would never, uh, you would you would learn and you would figure stuff out for ever every hunt you ever went on ever because. You know, you'd mess up dialing so much, you'd fig- you'd figure so much out so fast, and that's what, like. It'd be, it's it's good for anybody to go out and do those things because it just pounds stuff into your head because you're shooting so much. You get two 250 rounds of serious long-range shooting in a weekend, which is, you know, you don't get that anywhere else. So, well, we're, we're working on an hour here, so I wanted to ask, Frank, did you have anything? Yeah, do you uh, do you have, like, a training rifle, like, in a smaller caliber, or are you always shooting your... Yep. your uh... So you're not always shooting your competition caliber. Do you have, so do you recommend, like you just said, if a guy took a 223, is that do you think that would be a um, like a good training round since they're somewhat affordable? If if you're not necessarily reloading or you know what have you? Yeah, absolutely. So I shoot thousands of rounds. I have a 223 Ackley, and the only reason I did the Ackley improved, which is changing the shoulder angle a little bit. The only reason I did that is because. Um, uh, you don't you have to trim the cases as much. Your case length doesn't grow. So for and I don't want to trim brass for my trainer gun. So I run it at 223. Like I run at 2900 feet a second with my trainer, and I shoot that a whole whole bunch. Uh, there was a lot this match uh, this weekend down back east, like south of Tennessee, Florida, that area. They don't get a lot of wind, and there's square ranges in the woods. So you really you can be super competitive with the 223. Um, uh, with with heavy bullets, so if you have a like a like a seven twist two twenty three that you could shoot seventy five grains or eighty eights or or you know any of those kind of bullets, you could do really well at long range. And it's cheap, and the barrel lasts forever, and there's no recoil, and they're an awesome awesome trainer gun. So I don't shoot my, my once my comp guns are set up, 
I try not to ever shoot them except for at comps. I do low development check drops, and then they just stay in the closet all pristine. And then I just shoot my two twenty three a whole bunch. So is that and then is that gun is that a, like a clone of your comp gun? So same action, yeah. same trigger, yeah. all that. Yeah, the only difference in that is my comp guns, I run brakes, muzzle brakes. Um, and on my trainer, I have a suppressor just to be a little bit nicer to my neighbors because I don't just shooting all the time. It just it helps a little bit. So uh, the recoil is more with the suppressor than a brake. And so um, um, so it it's actually, I think my 223 might kick a little bit more than my comp gun, my 6 mil, because it's, it's got a big brake and my comp gun, my trainer's a little bit lighter. Um, but it yeah, wasn't real that, light. I can tell you difference. that that thing weighed fucking seventeen yeah. pounds. <laughs> yeah, they're all heavy. Like that's the thing. Like comp guns are heavy. There's, you're not packing your hunting gun around for sure. So, so but, my next question. So yep. after the last podcast, <laughs> what has been the ripple effect of uh, participation <laughs> trophies? Oh jeez, that that. Uh, was a shitstorm, so I got a lot. I got a lot of crap from that, and I'm still getting it from guys. I did, I think they missed. I got on the phone with a, hand, a handful of them, and we talk, and they agree with me. I'm like, okay, so what's the problem? I'm like, well, it just came off wrong. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a human. I screwed up. But um, I I don't have any problem with. I mean, things we talked about with with what mass directors want to do with trophies or, or prizes, that's totally up to them. I totally support that. It's their match. I would do whatever they want. So that's all fine. Um, a lot of the guys had a problem with it. I, I'd say, please listen to the whole thing and then call me back. And, and most guys, pretty much everybody that did are like, dude, I totally agree with you. Thank you for saying it. Um, nothing's, nothing's, I mean, it's good. Like I really like the sport. There's no, there's not a, there's not a major problem. I have an experience. Um, anything particular like like had happened in the past um, lately? It seems like it's been pretty pretty straightforward and pretty fair. There's I don't have any major gripes. That was it seemed like for a little bit there was a handful of matches that were doing that, but um, it's it's been good. I just I was I was surprised how much um, how much flack I got from it though. It was it was I wasn't used to that. So I got some calls from some guys that are in the industry that we're all fired up and you know like i said though you talk through it and everyone kind of agrees with you so i i don't know it's it's a weird there's a lot of weird personalities in this like everyone's all like domineering and crazy and wants their opinion heard and 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 then turns out most of us probably agree when we sit down and talk so (laughs) i don't know man you know how that goes in the industry (laughs) i had that happen yesterday actually um same oh, kind yeah. of same kind of thing. I, I'm like, uh, you know, I had the guy call me. I'm like, hey, you know, I, I don't know what your issue is with me, but um, you know, it seems like we actually agree on most everything. You just take anything I say. You know, you're borderline a fucking stalker because you've got everything memorized I've ever said with you know Frank and I on the podcast, which is creepy yeah. uh, in and of itself, yeah. right? And then <laughs> if you take Frank likes it though. Well, I don't you, have any you, stalkers. You, you, you will, Frank. Um, you take out of 150 podcasts or whatever Frank and I have done and hundreds of other ones, and you pick one 
10 second segment that you're bashing me on. That's all you can find. And in this case, it was I said something about I don't really care too much about the traditional archery community, meaning the old crusties. I care about more about supporting the people that support me um, and supporting people willing to learn. And he twisted that around into I'm all in it for the money. <laughs> what? And I was oh, like, geez. dude, I'm giving up roughly, you know, well, 40, 60, 80, 100, $150,000 a year not shooting a compound. So you're saying I chose to shoot a stick for the money? Well, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, um, exactly. Which is exactly what I told him on the phone. Um, and so that kind of thing happens where somebody will listen to like your podcast, 20 minutes of it judge jury executioner and doesn't listen to the next 20 or doesn't step back and really think about it well we had some major major companies that every if i said the name everybody knows like that that you want me to say the name themselves what was that <laughs> i said i'll say the name no i'm just kidding go ahead no <laughs> don't do not but um that disassociated themselves with some matches because i'm friends with some match directors that are like and they didn't listen to podcasts. They heard they heard it through the grapevine, or they heard a clip. I'll guarantee you, if they listened to the whole thing, it wouldn't have been an issue. It wouldn't have been the same. But they're like, you know, they support these matches for eight years and no longer because we know John Panch. And I was like, like, did you guys like? I, I it's just I know if we sat down and talked with those people, totally be in agreement, no issues at all. But it, it is. It just gets blown out of proportion and twisted, and and there's just there's just weird. I don't know. I'm learning that. You've dealt with that a lot. You're my counselor. <laughs> I'm learning a little bit that there's just weirdness out there. People have egos and people just think differently. We all do it. It's just, um, I don't know. It's been a learning experience for me. But um, overall, everything's, everything's good. It's just it's just a new new territory for me <laughs> a little bit with, with a little bit of hate. Not, not much. I'm pretty supportive everywhere, but it is different. So. What, uh, where, just cause we're wrapping up over an hour here. So go over your podcast where people can check that out. Um, your Instagram page, make sure do not send any questions to me, send them to John Pinch <laughs> about rifles. Yep. Yeah. So Instagram is, uh, John Pinch. It's J O N. There's no H. So J O N, uh, P Y N C H. So that's Instagram. Facebook is the same. Um, the podcast is at vpprecision.com and we're, it's a new site. We're just getting it going. There'll be a lot more there in the future, but we're doing some, we've got some training classes coming up in the next couple of weeks, competition focused and down in Utah, uh, dates are on there, um, you know, before some matches, but that's definitely competition focused. We did, we did a hunting class a, a month or so ago and we'll do more of those, um, starting to do some more teaching. Um, but all that is at vpprecision.com. And and they also Instagram under the same name vp I think and or at vp But we're just those pages are pretty new, so we're just getting those rolling. Um, so yeah, John Pinch at Instagram would be you can message through there or whatever. I'll do my best to answer questions. Um, and yeah, I would love to have you stay tuned. And then you know if you listen to the podcast, and you have things you want to hear, please give us feedback. And we're just we're just going through a big list of stuff that we have. It's, from anywhere from how to travel with firearms because we do that constantly you know flying with guns and ammo for hunting or shooting we're doing the from from that to you know from hunting to competition to reloading to glass to watching trace and wind and just I, there's a million things we could go over so um yeah so 
check, please follow. We're, we'll do our best to get good content for you. We're not pimping a ton of product, trying to give good, you know, just good information and uh, help you guys hit more targets. So we're just we're just getting going. We're learning a lot right now. So I'm, I'm excited about it, though. Cool, cool, man. Frank, you got anything? No, I'm just I'm excited to follow along because it's something I'm pretty interested in. So, yeah, I'll look forward to it, man. Me too. I can't wait to listen. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about Tradbos for you. I'll teach you a thing or two about tuning. See, I'm going to so. email you and be like, I'm st- I'm tired of listening to rifle shooting. You need to talk about yeah. smaller shit. All you, do, all you do is talk about guns. What do you, why don't you talk about something else for a while? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so, I, I really appreciate you guys' support and friendship. It's, uh, it's been fun to watch you guys blow up the last few years and, and, and before that. So I, anyway, I appreciate you having me on and, uh, and, and your support. So, of course you always have our support. Um, (laughs) actually we got to fly your ass out here pretty soon so you can design a weapon carrying rifle carrying pack. I think you and Avery and maybe cliff, um, trying to get, we got a couple buddies on seal teams and then a couple soft buddies like, uh, on, uh, uh, alpha teams. And then, uh, you know, you guys kind of do a well-rounded one just frank can be involved in it there's no fucking way i should say anything about it other than it looks cool because i just don't know so that'll be happening probably (laughs) in the next six months hopefully where we get that thing running yeah for sure for sure yeah no that'd be that'd be awesome to get another i don't know i don't feel like there's any super great option for rifle carrying right now for uh i had you guys uh was it was it rambler right yeah yep no was it the Rambler yeah. with the rifle scabbard built in? Rambler, yeah. I used that. I used that in the territories. It was it was slick. It was. I think you definitely keep tweaking and stuff on that. But now there's some patents out of the way and you can keep rolling. I think it'd be an awesome idea. So especially for on the hunting side. Cool. But, well, cool, man. Well, have fun today. Uh, we yep, appreciate I'm you go coming on. Mark dust all day. That's good. I'm going to go shovel shit on the internet. Um, I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate everything though, as well as the friendship and, uh, and definitely yeah. everything you do for Kafaru and Frank does too, even though he's playing on his we phone. Love you. <laughs> there you go. No homo. Love you, Frank. <laughs> All right, All man. Right. Take it easy. Right on, guys. See you, John. Thanks again. Have a good day. Bye.